Chapter 53 In due course, after uneventful trip, he arrived at the scene of his war, the ex-British playground now out of their grip, the island of Singapore. Welcome, Chaklavati, a young Chinese said. I am your interpreter tonight. A Japanese general then bowed deep his head. Haro, have you had a good fright? Yes, thank you, sir, Pandu replied, as the Chinese had translated the greeting. I'm extremely glad to be on your side. Together, we'll give them a beating. Together, harumped his little host. I'm not sure I understand. The Brits here have already given up the ghost, and we noticed no Indians at hand. In fact, he went on, warming to his theme. The only Indians we saw were fighting on their side. That's not a dream. Our prison camps have Indians a garore. Of course, Pandu hastened. But what could we do? Our boys were enslaved in their ranks. Now they are certainly chastened like bears in a zoo and dissension flows in their flanks. Just let me at them. Give me some time and I'll deliver an army to you. The best Indian soldiers, fighters, sublime, lined up for Tojo to view. I'll fire them with freedom and nationalistic pride. Urge them to enlist in our cause. Tell them it's more easy with Japan on our side to kick the oppressors outdoors. All right, said the Jap. All right, said the chap. We'll give you the access you want. An ID card, cap, a jeep and a map. And permission to embark on this jaunt. So, Pandu set out. In full battle dress, his topi at jaunty angle, from exercise ground to officer's mess, the spurs on his booties would jangle. Namaskar, Zigheil. Now hearken to me, all you wretched POWs. I offer the chance to save your Janmabhumi and pay Bharat Mata her dues. What kind of life is this? Just sitting around and waiting for your next dish of gruel when you could be instead out of this ground and fighting the nationalist duel? Or would you much rather sit and break rocks for the Japs, doing prisoners' work till you die, dig trenches, latrines, look for landmines and traps, and build a bridge on the nice river Kwai? But our oaths, our careers, we must be true to our salt, ventured one or two men in doubt. If the Brits couldn't save you, it's hardly your fault, said my son. What's an oath in a rout? Ah, he struck a chord there, my pale son Pandu. He knew what would appeal to them. If you have any doubt what a golden tongue can do, consider his triumph again. They flocked to him in the proverbial droves, proclaiming their desire to enlist, attracted perhaps by the fishes and loaves, but also by Pandu's raised fist. His message to them was loud. It was clear to soldiers in prison immersed. If you fight for the freedom of your nation so dear, you'll get your own freedom first. Platoons, companies, divisions were raised out of the OO's Swatantra Sena. In their political harangues, Hirohito was praised, but Chakravarti was the overall gainer. <laughs> How he strutted, my son. How proud he became. You'd think he'd just won a battle, when in fact, as the Brits would snidely claim, his men just hung around like cattle. Oh, they trained and they drilled and they marched in parade. 
Their uniforms were ironed every day, but the ex-POWs of Pandu's brigade on the war front made little headway. The Japanese were pleased as the numbers increased. It made very good propaganda. But when it came to the crunch, politeness ceased, and they spoke with ruthless candor. Trust traitors? Oh, we know what you'll say. They're not traitors, but patriots and heroes. But if the oath they had sworn can be broken today, can't they just break as easily one tomorrow's? We don't blame them at all for swallowing their pride. Our prison camps aren't much fun, but they make good PR. We must set them aside when there's serious soldiering to be done. So I'll wait, swore Pandu. What the hell? My forces will just bide their time. And though the Japs are now doing well, soon they'll need us as reason needs rhyme. <laughs>